Our scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 4. And this is um, the story happens just after Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. So Jesus has gone out to begin his ministry and has been in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and he's pretty scraggly and hungry, and he comes into the temple and reads this, these words from Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to liberate the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the synagogue assistant and sat down. Every eye in the synagogue was fixed on him. He began to explain to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled as you heard it. Everyone was raving about Jesus, so impressed were they by the gracious words flowing from his lips. They said, this is Joseph's son, isn't it? Then Jesus said to them, undoubtedly you will quote this, saying to me, doctor, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we've heard you did in Capernaum. He said, I assure you that no prophet is welcome in the prophet's hometown. And I can assure you that there were many widows in Israel during Elijah's time when it didn't rain for three and a half years and there was a great food shortage in the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to a widow in the city of Zarephath in this region of Sidon. There were also many persons with skin disease in Israel during the time of Elisha, but none of them were cleansed. Instead, Naaman the Syrian was cleansed. When they heard this, everyone in the synagogue was filled with anger. They rose up and ran him out of town. They led him to the crest of the hill on which their town had been built, so that they could throw him off the cliff. But he passed to the crowd and went on his way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I've been thinking a little bit lately about good news, about receiving good news. And what I've discovered, I think, is that sometimes good news is really bad news. And sometimes bad news is really good news. Sometimes, like, we expect to hear a piece of news, and we think it's going to be good, we're really excited about it, and then it turns out to be bad. And other times we hear bad news, and it turns out that it was the best possible thing that could have happened to us. Right? You ever had that experience? Maybe it looks to you like the end of a job, where you know you're not fitting in, and it's killing your soul. You know those kinds of jobs? where it's not fulfilling to anyone and everybody's angry at each other all the time and the, the office just doesn't quite match. And it doesn't work for your family life and it doesn't work for you. And yet the boss comes in and fires you before you can quit, right? It's bad news that really is good news. Or what about um, sometimes we have a diagnosis for a disease and it sounds like it's gonna be terrible, like the treatment plan is just gonna be awful but at the end of the day, it's curable. And so bad news is really good news. Because maybe you have the disease, but you're gonna get treated for it, so in the end, you might actually come out better than you were when you started. Or maybe sometimes good news really looks like bad news. And um, I had a friend who was going through this the other day because she's in the middle of a divorce, right? And she said, when we got married, I was so happy. It was good news. And now it's three years later and we realize that we don't like each other. Not in the way we thought we did. 
And so what was good news for her turned out to be bad news. Or, you know, the experience that you live, have in the hospital that I experienced the last couple of days with my mom. And those of you who have been through this process before with maybe your parents or with friends or whatever, the number of times you get good news that turns out to be bad news, or no news at all, or news that's not really clear, or it is really clear, but then it's, it turns out they weren't right to begin with, right? One point they came in and they told her, they knew what was wrong with her, and then the doctor walks out of the room and like less than five minutes comes back in and said, whoops, wrong patient. Oh, wow. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I don't believe, he was, a, this was a student doctor, so it's, you know, this is part of the learning process. and. My mother handed it quite graciously. I handed it less graciously, but, um, <laughs> right? Sometimes news is not good or bad, it's just news. But often, we're really bad at evaluating what is good and what is bad. And that makes me think that the people in the temple that morning didn't understand good news. Jesus comes and he says, I'm going to preach good news. And their reaction is not of the type of people who had just received good news, right? Because at the end of the story, they gather together in a giant mob and drive Jesus to the top of a hill to throw him off. Now they must have been really mad because Nazareth doesn't have a hill. <laughs> if you've ever been to Nazareth, there's no hill. It's not built on a hill. So obviously Luke is using a little bit of metaphor here. And also, there's another little trick in this story, because Jesus hasn't been to Capernaum yet. And yet he says to them, what, did you expect me to do miracles like I did in Capernaum? Hmm. What is Jesus telling us here? What is Luke trying to tell us by mixing this story up a little bit? And I think it's this. I think that it's dangerous to think that you understand the news that you've just about to receive, right? What we tend to do is we receive news, we receive a piece of information, and we take it and we own it, and that is the only news that we receive. Now, this is the information that I have, right? And I've decided that it is good or bad, depending. And then we just keep it. We let that be the news. We let that be how we understand it. We get a little scared when that news changes or our understanding of the news changes. Now, they initially hear the story of Jesus as good news. They were excited. They were filled with joy. I'm going to preach good news, release to the captive, sight to the blind. These are all good things, good news, right? And they were excited. Jesus is bringing us good news. Hooray! And then he says, but not to you. I'm going to release the captives. I'm going to bring sight to the blind. I'm going to bring good news to the poor, but not to you. Good news that turned into bad news. He goes through these stories, right? Elijah and the widow. And there were all these people who were sick and ill and in famine and widows. And Elijah came to the one woman and helped her. Or what about Elisha, who comes, and he could have healed anyone in Israel, and yet God calls him to heal the Syrian, the one who didn't deserve it. Good news that turns into bad news, and bad news that turns into good news. 
What Jesus is saying here is that if you hear this news as good, then you're not the ones I'm coming to talk to. And if you hear this news as bad news, then this is the news for you. We don't need grace if we already have it. And the chances are that you don't have it as much as you think you do. Because we have this bad habit, again, of thinking we understand news, we understand what Jesus is telling us, when we often miss the point entirely. So how do we hear these words? How do we receive words of grace when we don't feel like we need them? I think it's like this. That every single one of us, all of us, are in need of a savior. All of us, every single one of us, are more vulnerable to life than we like to admit we are. Every single one of us lacks the control to decide our ultimate destiny. All of us, every single one of us, lack the ability to decide. Often we don't know the route that our lives will take. And often when we think we do, we're wrong. And so what we need is not good news that makes us feel good, that pats us on the head, that is temporarily good. What we need is news that wakes us up, that tells us of our vulnerability, that reminds us that we are captive, that we are brokenhearted, that we are poor. And not just me and not just you, but everybody. Everybody, the widows, the orphans, the people who are sick, and the people who are well. So maybe our expectations of Jesus should be a little different. Good news, bad news, whatever news, our expectation isn't that we have to handle it, or deal with it, or take control of it, or be able to decide what the end result's going to be. Our expectation should be that God has it under control. Good news. I'm releasing you from the need to make those choices. I'm releasing you from the need to control everything that happens to you. I'm releasing you from the need to understand and to control whether it's good or bad even. I'm releasing you from that captivity. It rests in the hands of God. So maybe if our expectations are different, our understanding is different, we can be a little calmer in the face of trial. Maybe if our expectation is different, if the good news is bad news that we hear, and the bad news is good news that we hear, we can turn all of that over to God and be brave and courageous and make choices that reflect the grace that sets us free. Maybe we can be generous. All I know is that we can face the day. We can face each day, we can face uncertainty and lack of control and our fears and whatever it is that's bagging us down and keeping us captive to our own needs to control and to know. Maybe whatever it is we can face because we know that Jesus has done it for us, released us and set us free. Maybe that makes you upset and angry, and maybe that makes you uncomfortable not being in control. But Jesus preaches good news to you. We can choose to receive it, to accept it as good news. Mm 